Greetings from Quail Lakes Baptist Church in Stockton, California. Thank you for your interest in our downloadable messages. Our more recent teachings, such as Pastor Mark's current sermon series, are always available on iTunes. However, for a more comprehensive offering of Quail's Bible-based teachings from Pastor Mark and others, we offer an extensive archive of downloadable sermon MP3s on our website, as well as information on our fellowship and our ministries. Please visit us online at www.qlbc.org. These messages are also available on CD or cassette. For more information, please call our church office at 209-951-7380. We trust you will be blessed and edified by what you are about to hear. Thank you for listening. Well, I invite you to to take the Bible... And please turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, Luke, chapter 2, Luke's account of the birth of Jesus Christ and the events surrounding it and leading up to it. This morning, we're going to put our, our, the spotlight on the shepherds and their role in all of it. And here's the key concept. Here it is. When God is guiding and he's working we need to seize the moment. When God is directing and working in your life, be prepared, be ready to seize the moment. Well, Christmas is a time of surprises. There's an air of excitement at Christmas time. And part of that is generated by the fact that we're doing things for others, we're giving things to others without their knowledge in many cases. Let me ask you a question. Going to take a a quick poll here. How many of you, by the uplifted hand, would say, I cannot keep a secret for the life of me? I I just have a hard time keeping. I see a couple hands. I I think there are others who are holding back on. Yeah, true confession. And on the other hand, how many of you would say, I could take a secret with me to my grave. I could keep it till the day I die. All right. You drive the rest of us crazy. <laughs> How do you do that? We have a, a couple of daughters, and when they were really young, when they were just littles, they would leak the news every time. They had a hard time keeping a secret and maintaining that element of surprise because it, it was just too good not to tell someone. It was too good to wait. And when you get into the Christmas story, the the surprise factor, we see that over and over again, including the fact that when this announcement was to be made, it was made, first of all, to shepherds, to shepherds. Now, you look at that and you ask yourself, why would God choose the the shepherds to be the very first to hear of this incredible, incredible birth of his son, Jesus Christ? This is such a a simple story. And this morning, I want to pull some truths out of it so that we can apply them to our lives. And the Lord, in his wisdom, chose the shepherds, I think, first of all, because they were very common people. And who else would be more fitting to hear of the Lamb of God who would come to take away the sins of the world? 
I mean, who would be better suited to hear that than shepherds who literally made their living and spent their entire lives on hillsides taking care of sheep? Sheep that uh, might be taken through the sheep gate of the city into the temple. As you may know, uh, every morning, every evening, an unblemished lamb would be sacrificed at the temple for the sins of the people. And every day, shepherds would look over their flock and give the very best they had to the priest. And there were actually flocks of sheep that, that were raised for the express purpose of being sacrificial lambs. And many times, the priests would find fault with the lambs that were brought. And they would say, no, 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 that one is not good enough for the sacrifice. And I'm sure that the shepherds often ask themselves, how can I raise a better sheep? And more important than that, when is there going to be a day when I, when I no longer have to go through this process over and over and over? When is the Messiah, the Lamb of God, going to come? And that leads to the second reason I think God chose them to be the first to know, and that is their expectancy, the sense of expectancy that the shepherds showed when the message was given to them. Now look at verse 15. We're in Luke chapter 2. Are you with me? Verse 15, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. See, they, they, they didn't dilly-dally. They didn't mess around. They seized the moment. Some of you may have seen uh, the movie back in the day, The Dead Poets Society. Robin Williams uh, starred in that movie. And if you saw the movie, that scene is indelibly impressed on your mind when, when Robin Williams takes the you know, those schoolboys, and shows them the showcases and points to the pictures of sports teams' past, and he's telling them that they need to seize the day, carpe diem. You know, take advantage of where you're at this moment. Seize it now. You may not have this opportunity again. And the shepherds, in a marvelous way, help us understand what it means to, to seize the moment at Christmas time. And now, let, let me give you some very simple observations out of, out of a very profound but simple story, okay? Observation number one. Are you ready? Number one, find out what God is doing in your neighborhood. Find out what God is doing right in your neighborhood, right where you live. Not what is God doing somewhere else, not what did God do yesterday, but what is God doing right now, right where you are. Now look at verse 8. Let's back up to verse 8. The New American Standard Bible starts that verse, and in the same region. Now those words just sort of pop out, don't they? In the same region. What region? In, in that same region where the shepherds were. In that very same region that the most important event in all of history up to that point in time was about to happen. Now, these fellows were out of the action. 
they were outside of Bethlehem. They, they were on the hillsides. And all the activity was taking place on, on those roads that funneled into Bethlehem as people were coming back for the census for taxation purposes. And maybe the shepherds felt out of it, but in Bethlehem, there are Roman soldiers who are doing the counting of people, and there are people busy selling, and there are people visiting relatives that that they haven't seen for perhaps years. It's a very busy, busy time in Bethlehem. And yet, right in the same place, right in this same region with all that busyness, there's an incredible event about to happen, the birth of Jesus Christ. And how many times, I wonder, how many times do we, you and I, I'm talking about us now, I wonder how many times you and I miss the big moments because we're so busy, so busy doing other things. And I don't want us to be so crammed full of Christmas and all the trappings this year that that we fail to realize what God is doing right in our own family, what He's doing right in our neighborhood. I don't want us to, to, to miss those opportunities, seizing the moment. That's number one. And then observation number two. Opportunity comes to those who are fulfilling their responsibility. Opportunities come to those who are just, they're just doing their job. And we find that, that while the excitement is in Bethlehem, that the shepherds are on the outskirts, in the country, on the hillsides, watching over their sheep. And don't you think that, that they might have been just a, a little tempted to say, you know, my goodness, here we are out on the hillside, and, and the excitement is in Bethlehem, and my relatives are coming to town. And here I am, I'm out here tending my sheep as I do day in, day out, and week in, week out. And don't you think that they were just a little tempted to leave that hillside and to leave those sheep, to go into Bethlehem and get in there where the excitement was? And yet, I, I would submit to you that opportunity comes to those people who are just doing their jobs. Every once in a while, I come across people who are uh, trying to uh, chase uh, rainbows or to chase butterflies. They're somewhat uh, perpetuous in their moves and in their decisions, in their actions, always looking for the golden opportunity, moving from one job to another job or moving from from one place to another place, constantly trying to figure out where the action is so that they could be in the middle of it. Only to find out, I guess, when, when they got there, that, that the action's taking place where they just left. Now, I believe so strongly in the sovereignty of God. And this morning, my word to you is relax. You know, just be where God wants you to be and mellow out and let God, or let God take you where you are in the responsibilities that he's given you and let him find you. Hey, good news. God can find you. Let him find you and let him do for you what he wants to do without you running all over the place trying to manipulate and, and somehow get in there where the action is. 
Let this Christmas be a time where we settle our souls with God and say, God, here I am in the center of your will, as Mary said. Do with me what you want to do with me. Because I believe the greatest opportunities come to those people who are just fulfilling their day-in, day-out responsibilities. Now, I know the temptation is to run out to the hillside and say, guys, guys, you know, get off the hillside, get into the city. That's where the action is tonight. No. When God wants to use you, He'll find you. And when He finds you ready, prepared, He'll use you. Observation number three, opportunities are often quite fearful in the beginning. It can be scary. When an opportunity is given to us, there can be a tendency just to to step back and go, just kind of suck in our breath, realizing that the moment we have to seize involves risk, perhaps questions, and maybe the unknown. And certainly this happened to the shepherds. Look look at verse 9. Verse 9. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And what? And they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. But when they, they... saw the angel when they heard the news for a moment. It it, it was frightening. It was so different, so strange, so out of the ordinary. Fear struck their hearts as they weren't really sure whether whether the message was was true or not. How would they know? And all those thoughts racing through their minds. And I want to encourage you this Christmas season. Nah, not, not just at Christmas, 12 months out of the year. That when you deal with God, you deal with the supernatural. And His ways are higher than than yours or mine. And His thoughts are so much greater than ours. Whenever you deal with God, I just want to encourage you, when God wants to, to stretch you, when God wants to take you a step further than you've ever been before, and it seems like you're just stepping into the darkness of the night, I would encourage you, when you sense that it's God, be exactly like the shepherd. Seize the moment. Seize the moment. And the fear is natural. Of course, there's some fear. You know, don't worry about the fear. That doesn't mean you're you're a spiritual weakling. It just means you have some questions. Now, I can pretty much say without qualification, every major decision, every major move that I have made in my life exposed a certain amount of fear. When you stand before the altar in marriage, there ought to be a a small touch of fear involved in that process. Sure, there's a lot of joy. There's a great amount of love. But there should also be a little bit of fear because you're, you're entering into an awesome responsibility. When you take that new job or promotion, there should be some apprehension, a certain element of, I hope I can meet the expectations of those who have placed their trust in me. But how often, you know, how often do we, do we paralyze ourselves and stop and not seize the moment, unlike the shepherds, because of fear? And Christmas is a great time for stretching. Let God stretch you. Let God take you into some new territory. Seize the moment. 
And then observation number four. God will make clear his guidance when the moment comes and you begin to step out. When you begin to step out, God will begin to reveal and make clear to you what he has for you. Now look at these verses, verses 11 through 14. Verse 11, the angel continues this incredible news. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Now, there are a couple of phrases, really important phrases in these words from the angel. Did you catch that? For to you, for you a Savior is born. Did you see that? It doesn't just say a Savior is being born for the world. It does say that in other places. But here it says, for you shepherds, for you a Savior is being born. You who constantly give the sheep to the temple for the sacrifices. For you. Well, they all understood that every time the high priest would take that little lamb and make a sacrifice, it it was for the sins of the people. But here it's, for you a Savior is born. For you a sign is given. Now look how personal it is. A sign to you. Namely, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Well, let me give you a, a number of principles with reference to, to God's guidance under this fourth observation. I, I have seven principles that I want to get very quickly without a whole lot of elaboration, principles with regard to, to God's guidance. So number one, number one, and these won't be on the screen. The greater the change, the greater the sign. The greater the change, the greater the sign. And when you have to take an extraordinary step, either forwards or backwards or or sideways, whenever there's a major transition in your life, God, as a normal rule, gives some strong signals. The greater the change, the greater the signals. Now, that's very biblical. You'll find the clearest and greatest manifestations of God were always at those very crucial periods in the history of His people. When God directed major events and changes throughout the history of, of humanity, it was always accompanied by major signs. And that's true, not just biblically, not just historically, it's true today. Again, I, I could take the major turning points in my life and I could show you signals, clear, unmistakable, definite signs where Sue and I could look at them, look at each other, and say, God is definitely leading us in this direction. So that's number one. The greater the change, the greater the signs. And then number two, if God leads, He precedes. When God leads, He precedes. Now, I've never gone to any place God wanted me to go without finding out God had already been there, you know, preparing the way, making everything ready. And then number three, those who obey will find the right way. Those who obey God, if you're obeying God, you will not miss out on God's very best for your life. And then number four, once you know, you'd better go. 
Once you know, you'd better go. You know, as soon as the shepherds heard the news from the angels, look at what happened. Verse 15. The shepherds said to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Now, once you know, you'd better go. Don't hold back. Get, get going. And they had all kinds of reasons to stay. All kinds of reasons not to go. The responsibilities they had with the sheep. It was inconvenient to, to leave the hillside and go to Bethlehem. Not to mention the message was almost too good to be true. But none of that could stop them. Once you know, you better go. And, and then principle number five, once you go, you, you'll know. You know. Once you go, you'll know. Once you take this journey to find the Lord Jesus, all of a sudden, what you've been hearing others talk about, you'll be able to personally experience yourself. And there's nothing quite like firsthand experience. So look at verse 16. So they hurried off, they took off, based on what they had been told, and here they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. It was confirmed once they went. And then principle number six, once you know, you'll want to tell others. Once you know, you'll want to tell others. It's just too good, a, too good of a, a news not to pass on. Look at verse 17. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. They say, we, we've got to, to share this. It's just too good to keep to ourselves. And then the, the last uh, principle. Principle number seven. Once you hear, you'll want to think about it. And once you hear somebody tell you about Jesus, you're going to want to think about it. The moment somebody tells you that, that Jesus Christ can forgive you of every sin, that he willingly came into this world to die for your sins and mine, to give us the hope of eternal life and, and to give us abundant life right here and now. You know, the moment we hear that. You know, once we begin to see the, the, the true message of Christmas, we're, we're going to want to think about it. And that's why all the world pauses this time of year and ponders this, the simple story. That's why we all focus our attention on, on Bethlehem and on a manger, because it, it's such an incredible, incredible story. So profound, but so simple. And we have to to, to, to ponder it, that the moment you and I hear it, in fact, I want to say something. The moment we hear it, I'm convinced that we never, ever completely get away from it. I believe that. You put the story of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, into the heart, into the mind of a person, and the Spirit of God will continually bring that person back to the babe at Bethlehem. You know what it says there? What's it say in, in verse 18? And all who heard about it, what did they do? They, they wondered. They pondered. They, they thought about all the things which were told them by the shepherds. And look at verse 19. But Mary treasured up all these things and what? And pondered them, thought about them, reflected on them in her heart. Mary is saying, you know, I cannot believe I was chosen. I, I cannot believe I gave birth to the Son of God. And the shepherds were saying, I cannot believe that, that after all these years of sacrificing lambs morning and night, the Messiah has come. And then just one 
fifth and, and final observation. I think this is the best one of all. Once you meet him, once you meet Jesus, your life will be changed. Once you meet him, you'll never be the same again. The moment we meet him, that's precisely what happened to the shepherds. But notice verse 20. The shepherds went back. Now let me stop right there. The shepherds went back. They returned. You say, well, what did they return to? They went back to the fields, back to the sheep, back to the hillside to do the, the, the same thing that they were doing before they went on the journey and met Jesus. You see, when, when you meet Christ, it doesn't mean you change your job. And it doesn't mean you change your name or your address. You go back, and you're probably going back to the same job. You're going back to some of the same responsibility. You're going back to the same relationships. And we have a tendency to, to color life in an unrealistic way at Christmas time. When the shepherds met him, they were changed, but they went right back to the very same place where they had always been. Only now... If they were not the same people, do you think those shepherds could ever be the same again? Talk about a story to tell. Talk about a story to tell to your kids, your grandkids. Talk about bragging rights. And I'll bet some of those shepherds, every time Jesus came around when he started his ministry at you know, 30 years old or so, you know, I'll bet some of those shepherds w- would get up and say, hey, hey, can I, can I tell you a story? 30 years ago, 30 years ago, I was out there on that hill. You see that hill, southwest of the town over there? There were about four or five of us you know, together, and we were the first to hear the news of the birth of Jesus. And we've never been the same. Yes, they were changed. But you see, the moment that God changes us beautifully, He often changes us to put us right back in the same place where we're supposed to be, to make a difference, letting our light shine for him. To do the same thing the shepherds did. And that's to tell others. But life will never be the same when you meet Jesus, when you find him. I'm going to invite you to stand with me, would you? Just let's bow our heads together. We're quiet before the Lord for just a moment. I, there may be someone here, maybe a number of people. When you hear the message this morning, you're thinking, I, I don't think I've ever found Jesus. I don't think I've ever met Jesus. I don't think I've received him. Open my heart to receive the gifts that he came to bring. With his death on the cross, he bought, he paid for our redemption, our salvation, forgiveness of sin. He paid the price that we deserve, that he might offer us that, that free but costly gift, forgiveness and eternal life, and life right now, full of love and joy and peace and purpose, power. And maybe today is your day just to say, here I am, Lord, to open your heart, 
to not only receive the gifts that he came to bring, but to receive him, to invite him to come and indwell you with his wonderful presence, to give leadership to your life. And if that's you today, you you can just pray a simple prayer. There's no magic in the words. Just coming before God honestly and humbly. You don't have to do it in church. But to just express to him, you can pray a prayer right now like this. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming for me. And thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for the gift that you offer forgiveness. And right now I repent of my sins. I ask you, please forgive me. And fill me with your presence. Give me that brand new life that you promise. I want to live for you. So I ask you now just to show me, guide me in your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Ryan's come back. We're going to sing together. Amen. All right, I'll see if we can test some of your knowledge about maybe when you were younger, you might have heard this song. But one of my favorite ones. Jesus, 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 there's just something about that Savior, Savior, Jesus, fragrance like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven, let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there's something about that name. Amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer just a moment ago, inviting Jesus to take his rightful place as Savior, Lord, of your life. You know, the first thing to do after you do that, tell somebody else. And so I just encourage you, if you, if you pray, just come on down front. We have uh, prayer partners here. They'd love to hear that news. They'd love to pray with you. They'll also uh, just take a little information so that Pastor Mark can mail you a book that will help you know how to get started in this uh, new walk with Christ. Let's pray together. And now, a child of God, wherever your feet might lead you and wherever in God's providence you might tarry, may the blessing of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rest and abide with you both now and forevermore. Amen.